0: It is wonderful to be with you here at St. John's. Um, for those of you who don't know who I am, I'm the Reverend Tom Lowe. Some, uh, June said earlier I'm the vicar over at St. Michael's Church over in Westcliff-on-Sea. Some of you came from that church a few months ago, all those months ago, and you're still here. Lovely to see you. <laughs> for those of you who are new, uh, wonderful also to welcome you as well. I can tell you're all good Anglicans already. Shall I, t- shall I tell you Why? the front row of seats is completely empty. (laughs) Completely empty. I feel like I'm a million miles away from you. But there we go. Let me just, is this one working okay? That's all right. Okay. Um, It is Bible Sunday, this Sunday, in the Anglican Church once a year. Well, every year, every Sunday we give thanks for the scriptures, don't we? But one special Sunday a year, uh, we focus on giving thanks for the Bible. Uh, maybe some of you have brought a Bible along this morning. Maybe some of you. I think some might even be handed out if you want one in your hands. Maybe you've got an app on your phone uh, that has the Bible because we're going to be reading from the scriptures 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. While the Bibles are coming out, I'm going to do something that's very un Anglican and I'm going to ask you to turn to your neighbor, possibly someone you don't even know. <laughs> and say, uh, do you have a favourite book of the Bible? Or if you don't have a favourite book of the Bible, because you don't know the Bible well, that's okay. Maybe you think you know a story of the Bible that's your favourite, or one that you know or like. Or maybe you have a verse of the Bible that you're like, that is my favourite verse of the Bible. Okay, 30 seconds, turn to your neighbour, either your favourite book of the Bible, story or verse. And if you don't know any, that's fine, just share a story. Okay, sorry, I'm not going to give you long for that. I've got too much to say this morning. Great, favourite verse, book of the Bible. Anyone anyone want to share a verse or a favourite book of the Bible? And why? Who's bold enough? That's more like it, good Anglicans don't volunteer themselves. Book of Ruth, very good. Yes, lovely story. Any particular reason why? Yes, a story of redemption, story of faithfulness. Yes. Joseph. Joseph yes, and his Technicolor dream coats. That one. Yes, absolutely. It's a great story. Why do you like that story? Brilliant. One of the first you learnt and lots of life lessons. Fantastic. By the way, I'd, is this being live streamed? At home, you're happy to play as well. Submit by email to Mike Walker <laughs> your thoughts. Anyone else? Book of, Job. Book of Job. Now there's a cheery man down the front here. <laughs> Why do you like the Book of Job? No, I like how he with suffering Yeah. How he comes... He keeps the faith through the suffering. And let's face it, that is a useful book, isn't it? As life goes on, a book where someone else suffers too is very helpful. Yeah. I could probably just go on all morning. This is very helpful. I'm learning things too. Fantastic. Maybe you've got a a favourite verse, a favourite story. Bible, it's wonderful, isn't it? Wonderful. So many stories. So rich with different uh, books, different types of writing. Uh, and we're just going to be flicking open to 2 Peter chapter 1 this morning. 2 Peter chapter 1. And I'm going to read from verse 12 to the end of the chapter. This is Peter, the Apostle Peter, the friend of Jesus, who spent a lot of time with him. And he's writing to some churches, churches around um, Asia. And he says this to them. So... I will always remind you of these things even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure you will always be able to remember, remember these things. For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honour and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, But prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray using the special prayer that's used across the Anglican Church for this Sunday to give thanks for the scriptures. So let's pray. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures... To be written for our learning help us so to hear them to read mark learn and inwardly digest them that through patience and the comfort of your holy word we may embrace and forever hold fast the hope of everlasting life which you have given us in our savior jesus christ who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Verse 12, Peter says, So I will always remind you of these things. I will always remind you of these things. Who here is someone who constantly needs reminding of things. Who here, like me, I forgot to bring up my phone. If you go into my phone, I open my lists app and I've got hundreds of lists going on on my phone to remind me to do things. Who here is a bit like that, who will forget things quite easy, so you're constantly writing things down. Who here is so forgetful that they've got someone else writing things down for you to remind you? I know there's definitely more hands should be going up to this. We are forgetful people, aren't we? In fact, I always tell someone after church that usually after church people come up to me and say, Oh, Tom, can I just say this to you for next, can you remember to do this next week? And I instantly tell them, I will forget exactly what you've just said. So could you write it down for me and send it in an email? Otherwise I'll forget. Look, you're in good company. Because Peter writes to a bunch of Christians who he knows always forgets. So he says, I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it's right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body. More so, of course, because Peter says, soon I'm not going to be with you much longer. Peter kind of knows, maybe he's elderly, or he knows he's coming, his time is coming short. So he says, I'm going to remind you. And more than remind you, I'm going to write it down in a letter. So he writes it down in a letter and he sends to them. What's he reminding them of? He's reminding them of the Gospel. The good news of Jesus Christ. The fact that God has come into this world to help you and wants to make himself known to the people. But why, Peter, should we listen to what you've got to say? What's so urgent that you've got a message to say? Well, what does he say? He says from verse 16 that he himself spent time with Jesus, he was an eyewitness. Do you remember he says that in verse 16? For we do not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. And then he goes on to talk about that time that Peter had with two other of his friends where they went up a mountain with Jesus. You probably know this story, but if you don't, let me explain. Jesus takes Peter and two of his friends up a mountain and at the top of the mountain, Jesus is suddenly transfigured into glorious light. He reveals his kind of heavenly splendor, Jesus does, before Peter's eyes, and he saw it. And he was like, he finally understood, oh my goodness, this is the Son of God. He saw it with his eyes. He's not reporting some third-hand story. As he says here, I'm not following cleverly invented stories. No one's making this up. I saw it with my own eyes. And more than that, what does he say? He says, verse uh, 17, He received honour and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Peter heard the voice of God the Father on a mountain, and he called it a sacred place. So Peter's got something to say, hasn't he? That he wants them reminded of and listening to. The thing is, though, That's all very well for you, Peter. That's nice for you that you got to see Jesus all transfigured and looking great, and you got to hear the voice of God. But why doesn't God do that for each and every one of us? That would be helpful, wouldn't it? I hear that quite a lot. It's like, okay, why do we? Couldn't have God come come up with something better than just giving us a book? I don't even like reading. Why can't God, when I'm watching EastEnders on telly at eight o'clock on a whatever it is, why can't God just sort of interrupt all television programs and say, here I am. And you hear a voice and you're like, oh my goodness, I'm sitting in my living room and I hear a voice saying, this is my son, listen to him. That would be really helpful, wouldn't it? Church would be packed out the next day. Why doesn't Jesus write in the sky miraculously, Hi, my name is Jesus, I am the Lord and Saviour of the world. That would be quite helpful too, wouldn't it? Why has he given us a dusty old book? Why doesn't he do something more like what Peter had? That would be great. It's because we're forgetful because we are forgetful. Imagine you did have a 15 second vision of Jesus. And just to let you know that people around the world do have these kinds of encounters with Jesus sometimes, visions of Jesus or a dream in the night. They do happen. And when they happen, those people tend to dash to church the next Sunday and they grab themselves a Bible because they want to learn more. But just imagine for a second, we all did have a 15-second, you know, episode, vision with Jesus. Imagine a week goes by, or a month goes by, or a year goes by. And you begin to actually forget, hang on, what did he say in that message? What did he look like again? People having different accounts, different thoughts. And you've only got 15 seconds worth of information. You're like, well, he was really amazing. But that's all I know. That's all I've got to experience, that he was amazing. Of course, we know that um, last week, of course, those terrible events that happened with Sir David Amos, of which I know you guys have been thinking and praying about that here, as we have at St. Michael's, his office is just across the road from our church. Very difficult time. But what's been incredible, of course, I think, since then, watching the news, talking to people, is how many stories are coming forth about Sir David. What he did in politics. What issues he supported. What individual stories people had of him when he did something for them. The letters he wrote the conferences he gave. All of that, I can guarantee you, everyone has learned something about him since, since that time. Even if you knew him quite well, I'm imagining you would have discovered more and more about Sir David through the news and what we've been learning about. Even if you were really close to him, you might know him in a particular way But even then, do you know the full picture of someone until lots of witnesses come together to write down what they know about that person? I reckon, actually, if you documented someone's entire life, it would be quite a significant book in the end. And that's actually, in the end, more useful in getting to know the true person... Than just your 15 seconds of conversation you had with them once. Do you see the point I'm making? What I love about the scriptures is that God has taken the time to use many, many witnesses to write down their experiences and encounters of the living God for hundreds of years. And you can turn up, any of those stories you like, Joseph, Job, whatever the stories that you know and love, and you can see the way that God engages with the world, with different people, in different circumstances, facing different challenges and different problems. And you can take the time, at any time you like, because they wrote it down, like Peter said, I'm going to carefully remind you of these things. I'm going to write it down so that any time you're in doubt or you forgot or you don't know what God thinks about this or that, you can look it up anytime you like. And it's almost inexhaustible because there's so much written about him. You can get to know him in any kind of depth you like. You might be someone who just, I just like one or two verses and that helps me. Great. Or you might be someone who goes, I want to know God better in all these different ways. And you say, well, off you go. You can see, you could say, I just, why did God make me? Why did God make the world? Well, you can look it up in Genesis. Or you could think, what does God think about some of these really tricky issues? What does he think about um, oppression or slavery? You could read the book of Exodus. Or you could think, what does God think about suffering? What about my suffering? What about the suffering of the people I see? How does God feel and think about that? How should I respond? What should I do in those situations? Read the book of Job. You say, what would it look like if God took a bunch of people and lived with them for a while? What would that look like? Well, you could have a look at the life of Israel. Israel. Or you could look at Jesus with his 12 friends. What would it look like if God lived with some people for a while? How would that change their lives? It's all here. Or how about this? What would God do if he encountered real darkness and evil in this world? What would he do? What would he do if he faced opposition and injustice and abuse What if it was actually inflicted upon him? How would he handle that? Because we tend to think God might just... He's not just thrown a book down from heaven and said, go on, learn about me. He's actually confronted evil. He's actually allowed the darkness to take hold of him so that we might see what he's really like. And we see Jesus, don't we? Kneeling in the Garden of Gethsemane, sweating blood and tears, praying earnestly that he might stay the course so that love would prevail over darkness. We wouldn't know any of that if we had a 15-second glimpse of Jesus on a mountain one day. Or you might be sat here this morning thinking, what does God think about me? What, what would God make of it if he saw what I'm really like? Because I, I, I know some of you quite well, but I don't know what any of you are really like and what's really going on in here. But God does, doesn't he? What would he make of that? Well, Jesus tells you. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He says that if you confess to him, whatever's going on in your heart, he won't reject you or push you away. He will carry you. He will cleanse you. He will wash you. He will heal you. He will forgive you. You wouldn't know any of that. If you just had a 15 second written in the sky notice saying God is here, it's because people wrote down what they saw and experienced of the living God as he went through hundreds of years of history that we might see what he is really like. I find that staggering. I find it mind boggling that I don't pick up the Bible more than I do. Isn't that, wouldn't that be the case? Does God care for the weak? Does he care for any of this stuff that we see going on in the world that's wrong? We can see. We can see what Jesus does when he cleanses the leper, when he helps the poor, when he picks up the marginalised. And the Bible is so available too. You see, you know, Peter had to make a journey to a sacred mountain, who knows where that is now, to have an encounter. You can have an encounter any time of day you like, wherever you are, on the train, at home, on holiday, at work, and you just say, I just need to hear from God. Wow, that's awesome. Now, Peter says that his testimony is reliable, that the scriptures are reliable, because we might go, well, yeah, but Tom, some of these people, maybe they were just, you know, wanting to get us, control us with religion and wanting us to believe what they said so that they could get a following and all this sort of thing. Well, Peter says, look, you're just going to have to trust me on this. He says, verse 16, we didn't follow cleverly devised stories. We were eyewitnesses. He also says, verse 19, we also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable. He's talking about the Old Testament there, all the prophecy in the Old Testament. He says, completely reliable. I've seen the fulfillment of it. Completely reliable. And then he says, verse 20, above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. Because you could say, oh, Peter, you're just interpreting what you saw, but it's Someone else might have seen the same thing and interpreted it differently. Peter's saying, no, 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 no. Scripture's not like that. It's inspired, as he says here. People, um, for prophecy never had its origin, verse 21, in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. They were inspired. You ever had a moment where you, you just had a really good idea and you have no idea where it came from? It obviously didn't come from me. <laughs> or you just thought of, a, of something that really unlocked something for you or, or, or a, a picture that you did or some moment of inspiration. It was funny that, how that works, the brain works, isn't it? But Peter's saying that those who saw these things, it's not that they just thought, oh, I think this, it says that the, that the Holy Spirit of God inspired them to get the correct in, interpretation of what happened. That the, and Jesus said that the, the Holy Spirit would lead them to remember these things accurately with the right interpretation. So the Bible is reliable as well. And if you don't believe it, you've just got to start reading it. Make your own mind up. Are these guys just putting a bit of political spin on something? You know, you can kind of tell that when you see that in the newspapers a little bit. That's just a bit of spin or a, an opinion piece. Have a read and tell me that it's not inspired by God. Okay, I'm going I'm to round it up. The Bible is different, though, than any other book that we have. It's not just like a, a biography that someone wrote about someone's life. It's not just eyewitnesses' accounts. The Bible is different from any other book in the world. And Peter refers to that in verse 19. He says, we also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable. And you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart what on earth peter talking about he's saying that as you read this as you begin to get to know god in and through the person of jesus christ you don't just know things about him you begin to know him and he begins to form his life inside your heart. One of Jesus' names is the morning star, the bright morning star. One of the titles he's given in Revelation. Peter says that Jesus will not just be someone you can know things about, but that you can know him today. See, I can read lots of novels by some particular author I like, And I can get to feel like I'm getting to know that author a little bit, even if they're long gone. But I don't know them personally. Not like I can with Jesus and the Scripture. If you've ever visited um, a grand cathedral or a big church or some big historical building, sometimes when you visit them um, and they've got lots of interesting things to see, Sometimes you'll get to the middle of the church there and they've got um, a mirror on a cabinet just in front of you like that. Do you know why they've got that? A mirror and a cabinet just, on, just in front of you? So that if you look into it, you can see the ceiling. You can see all the beauty of the ceiling and all of the decorations and all things. Because otherwise you get neck injury if you're wandering around some of these places. So they conveniently put a mirror there. So as you look into it, you can see the glory of things above. Right, now that is like the Scriptures. We can have it in front of us. And we can peer into it. And we don't just learn things, we see things, real things, as he truly is in the heavens. And we can come to know him until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. So I hope this morning maybe you can have a little bit, we can all together have a little bit more appreciation for the Bible. I know we want the visions and the mountaintop experiences. We'll ask God for a few of those. Maybe he'll grant some. But ultimately, ultimately, if you want to know him in all his glory and all his splendour, What he thinks about you how he deals with the world what he has in store for your future any amount of things you want to know about here he is he's pinned it down he's written about it he is the same yesterday today and forever let's pray together Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is truth and that we can be changed by that truth. Thank you that in the pages of Scripture we learn about your Son, Jesus Christ. But we pray now, Father, that we wouldn't just read the Bible so that we know things about you, but that we might know you would you be pleased to have the day dawn on our hearts and the morning star would rise in our own darkness that we might know the glory of you god in the face of jesus christ your son our savior amen